Hey, this is Byron, and I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Church. Thanks for listening to our weekly sermon podcast. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, and helps you experience life change through Jesus. For more sermons like this, blogs, resources, or opportunities to get connected, visit us at www.redemptiontx.com. Imagine if you woke up tomorrow and this is all that you could see. Imagine if you woke up in the morning and all you can see is absolutely nothing. Imagine you wake up and you realize you're blind. You reach for your phone, but you can't see anything. You stumble and you trip and you fall, but you make your way to the bathroom. You splash some water on your face. You rub your eyes, but you can't see. You turn on the light and you can't see. And then all of a sudden you realize something's wrong. You realize you're blind. What do you do? What do you do when you realize you can't see? What do you do when you realize that you are blind? You can turn the house lights up. Today, we're going to meet a man who is in exactly that same place. He's blind. In America, about 1% of the population experienced blindness, but in Jesus' day, blindness was rampant. Today, if you're blind, there is medication, there are surgery, you could get glasses. But in Jesus' day, there was nothing that they could do for you. If you were blind, you were blind. Today, a person who is blind, they can go on and they can live a pretty normal life. In Jesus' day, if you were blind, you're considered the lowest of the low. In fact, they would consider you to be cursed by God. In the Old Testament, there was not one person who was ever healed of their blindness. They were blind. According to Jewish faith, if you were blind, that's just it. You're blind. And you would be destined to live a life of poverty, of homelessness, helplessness. You would be destitute. You would be a beggar because you can't see. If you were a believer, you would be kicked out of their version of the church. You couldn't read your Bible. You couldn't pray. You couldn't go hang out with other people who were believers. You were shunned. You were excommunicated. You were accursed by God. If you were married, then your wife would leave you. If you had children, they would disown you. If you had a home, you would lose your house. If you had a job, you would lose your source of income. You would be destined to be homeless. You would be a beggar and you would be blind. Today, we meet a man who is in exactly that same situation. His name is Bartimaeus. Throughout church tradition, he has become affectionately known as Blind Bartimaeus. And we're going to look at his story, and we're going to see what you do when you realize that you can't see. If you have your Bibles, we're in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46 through 52. And the sermon title today is, Jesus Heals Blind Bartimaeus. Now, I don't want to give away the ending, but he's going to get healed. Amen? (laughs) Jesus heals blind Bartimaeus. And if Bartimaeus was in our church today, he would tell us that there's three things that you need to do when you can't see. So I'm going to introduce you to Bartimaeus as he meets Jesus. And then on the back end, I want to give you three things that you need to do whenever you can't see. Here's how the text goes. Verse 46, and they, that's Jesus and his disciples, they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, there was a great crowd, big populated city. 
Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, there's our boy, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he cried out all of the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped him and called out to him, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. The they there is most likely the disciples, that's what commentators say. The disciples, they go, they find Bartimaeus, and they say, take heart, get up, he is calling you. Verse 50, and throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus, and Jesus said to him, what do you want for me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately, Mark's favorite word, 42 times in the gospel of Mark, he says, immediately he recovered his sight and followed him along the way. Okay, at Redemption Church, we believe that Jesus heals. Okay, we wholeheartedly, fully believe that Jesus not only healed then, but Jesus heals today. We have seen it. We have many people in our congregation who can tell you, Jesus healed me. We believe that Jesus can, Jesus does still physically heal. If you're here today and you need a healing, you need God to show up in your life, you need a miracle, we want to invite you to come forward. Our prayer team wants to pray for you. We believe that Jesus can still heal. But this message is not about a physical healing. This message is really about a a spiritual healing. If If you look at your Bible here in verse 52, it says, go your way, your faith has made you well. That word well in the Greek is the word sozo. And sozo has two meanings. It has a physical meaning, but it also has a spiritual meaning. It means there is a physical healing, but it also refers to salvation, that it was a spiritual healing that took place. This man, not only was he physically healed, but spiritually he was saved. It was a spiritual healing that took place. And so we believe in physical healing, but more specifically, this text is teaching us about a spiritual healing, that there are some people who are physically blind, but there are many people who are spiritually blind. That this message is not about a physical blindness as much as it is about a spiritual blindness. It's not about seeing with your physical eyes nearly as much as it is about seeing with your heart, with the spiritual eyes. Some people, they're blind. They can't see God. Some people in the room today, you're blind. You can't see God. As I began preparing and praying for the message that we're going to be covering today, I just couldn't help but feel that there's people in this room today where you feel just like Bartimaeus. You're blind. You can't see. You can see with your physical eyes, but you can't see God with your heart. You can't see God with your spiritual eyes. You are blind. Some people, they don't know who God is because they're blind. Some people don't know what God is doing because they're blind. Some people don't know where God is at because they're blind. You can't see God. There are some people here today and you're not a Christian. Spiritually, you're blind. In the book of 2 Corinthians, it says, Satan has blinded the eyes of those who do not understand. Spiritually, you are blind. 
You don't see God. You don't know who he is. People invite you to church, but it doesn't make sense. Your friends and family, they tell you about the gospel of Jesus, and it doesn't make sense to you. You try to read your Bible, and it doesn't make sense to you, and you're wondering, I don't know who Jesus is. The reason is because you're blind. You can't see him. Some people are blind according to a situation or maybe a circumstance in their life. You don't know what God is doing. You're in a season and you don't know what God is doing. You're like, God, what are you doing in my life? God, why am I here? God, what are you doing? I don't understand because you're blind. You don't see God. Or maybe it's not who God is. Maybe it's not what God is doing. Maybe it's God, where are you? God, where are you in my life? I can't see you. You feel forsaken. You feel forgotten. Maybe you feel anxious or abandoned or afraid, and you're wondering, God, where are you? You can't see him because you're blind. What do you do when you can't see God? What do you do when you are blind? What do you do when you cannot see? We all find ourselves in positions where we are a lot like blind Bartimaeus. We're blind. We can't see God. We don't know where he's at. We don't know what he's doing. We don't know because we can't see because we are blind. How many of you have ever been blind? Spiritually, you're blind. It's like, I don't know where he's at. I don't know what he's doing. How many of you have been there? Okay, how many of you are there right now in your life? You would say, spiritually, I am blind. Okay, just so you know, we've all been there. And that's a really good place to be because Jesus heals blind Bartimaeus and Jesus can also heal you. Jesus gives sight to blind Bartimaeus. And today I believe that Jesus led you here today because he wants to give sight to you as well. So what do you do when you can't see God? If Bartimaeus was here today and we were to ask him, what do you do when you can't see God? He would tell us you need to do three things. First, you need to listen. Second, you need to pray. Third, you need to obey, okay? The first thing he would tell us is you need to learn how to listen. Okay, researchers would actually tell you that um, people who are blind have a better sense of hearing because they've learned to depend on their hearing. They've learned how to listen. And so they would call this a form of a spatial awareness that a blind person can't tell how big or small a room is because they can't see it. But according to spatial awareness, they would be able to pick up on the echoes. If it's a large room, okay, then there's going to be an echo. If it's a small room, less echo. More people in a room, less echo. They can be able to tell because this is called a spatial awareness. Okay, and if something is close or far away, they can't tell. But they can pick up the vibrations and the volume of an object, and they can be able to tell if it's close or if it's far. This is what's known as a spatial awareness. Whenever you lose one sense, your other senses become heightened and increased. It's a spatial awareness. It's the same thing for us. When we can't see God, we need to listen. Instead of having a spatial awareness, we need to have a spiritual awareness. A spiritual awareness that even though we can't see him, we can still learn to listen. Listen to what Bartimaeus would encourage you with. Here's verse 46 as we read it. I want to show you this. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, there was a great crowd. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside, and when he 
heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Here we meet blind Bartimaeus. He is sitting by the roadside. He is in the city of Jericho and Jesus is leaving. Where's Jesus going? He's heading to Jerusalem where he is going to give his life as a ransom for many. The whole book of the gospel of Mark has been nothing more than Jesus making his way to Jericho where he's gonna substitute himself in our our place for our sins. Next week, chapter 11 begins. It starts the passion ministry, the last week of Jesus' life. He is heading towards the cross. He is leaving Jericho and he is heading into Jerusalem. And here's blind Bartimaeus sitting by the roadside as Jesus is leaving Jericho and he is heading to Jerusalem. And as he is sitting there, he realizes something is happening. And this would actually be taking place during the Passover season. If you're not familiar with Jewish tradition and the cultures and all the holidays they have, Passover was one of the biggest days. It was like their version of Christmas, right? All the family comes in for Christmas. It was like their version of Mardi Gras. Downtown was packed during Mardi Gras. That's, that's Passover. So Jericho, an already popular city, becomes increasingly populated because you have to pass through Jericho in order to get to Jerusalem. And so it is crowded. It is busy. The streets are filled with noise and people are talking and he hears it. And see, he has a spatial awareness to recognize that there is something that is happening. There is something that is going on. There is something unique. There is something different about today. But he also has the spiritual awareness to realize that this isn't something, this is someone. That this isn't something different, this is someone different. This isn't something unique, this is someone unique. This is not just something, this is someone. Who is it? It's Jesus. And he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. Now, this miracle that we're about to see is the last miracle in the Gospel of Mark. Okay, it's the final miracle. Jesus, at this point in Mark, he's already done 18 unique miracles. And as Bartimaeus is sitting there and the people begin talking, I can't help but think that Bartimaeus is hearing stories about Jesus healing others that he's sitting there and he's thinking, okay, this is Jesus. This is the Jesus that heals. This is the Jesus that performs miracles. This is the Jesus that does signs and wonders. This is the Jesus that is compassionate. This is the Jesus that has grace. This is the Jesus that forgives the unforgivable. This is the Jesus that heals the incurable. This is Jesus that loves the unlovable. This is the Jesus that welcomes the outcasts. And then he begins to think, this Jesus is here right now? And then he begins to, his faith begins to build. And he begins to think, okay, wait, this is the same Jesus that told a man, hey, you have a withered hand, stretch out your hand. And as he did, his hand was healed. This is the same Jesus that they lowered their friend down from the ceiling. And he says, so that you know, the son of man has the ability to forgive sins. I say to you, pick up your mat, go home. This is the same Jesus that not only forgave sins, but also healed this man. This is the same Jesus that cast out legions of demons 
demons. And when they came and they found him, he was sitting clothed and in his right mind. This is the same Jesus that walked on water. This is the same Jesus that fed 5,000. This is the same Jesus where a woman with the issue of blood from suffering for 12 years made her way to him, reached out, touched the hem of his garment, and immediately she was healed. This is the same Jesus that raised a little girl from the dead. This is that same Jesus, and now he is here. He's listening to the stories about Jesus, and I have to believe that in Bartimaeus, his faith is building, and here's what Bartimaeus is probably thinking. If he can do it for them, he can do it for me. If he did it for them, he can do it for me. Bartimaeus is thinking, I remember whenever Jesus opened the ears of the deaf. If he can do it for them, he can do it for me. I remember in Mark chapter 9 when Jesus opened the eyes of the blinds. If he can do it for them, he can do it for me. That man couldn't see. I can't see. Now he can see. I want to see if he can do it for them. Then he can do it for me. And Bartimaeus heard it was Jesus from Nazareth. He couldn't see him, but he heard about him. He couldn't see him, but he listened to him. Friends, can I tell you, if you're in a place today where you need to see and you can't see, get yourself in a position to listen. To listen to the stories of what God is doing in other people's lives. He's sitting by the roadside. He is in a position to where he can listen. Are you listening to what God is doing? You may not see him in your life, but you can hear about him. Last week, we had baptism Sundays. Baptism Sunday, we baptized 22 different people in our church. You know what that is? That's us listening to the stories that they tell. And as they got in that tank... They begin to tell you the stories of what God is doing in their life. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. We had moms baptizing their daughters. We had husbands baptizing their wives. We had best friends baptizing best friends. I mean, we had one guy with a traumatic brain injury. The doctor said, you will never walk again. He got in the tank, publicly professed faith in Jesus, that he has healed him and done a miracle in his life. That is the stories of what God is doing in other people's lives. We had one woman, she beat cancer, and she stood in the tank. She said, Jesus is bigger than cancer. That is the story of what God is doing in their life. We have atheists who have converted to Christianity. We have people whose stories are so incredible, what God is doing in their lives. We have employees baptizing bosses. You know that's a miracle, amen? It's incredible to see what God is doing. And you may not be able to see him in your life, but you need to position yourself to where you can listen to what he's doing in other people's. Listen, if you're here today and you can't see God in your marriage, surround yourself with people who God has done a miracle in their marriage. If you're here today and you're bound in addiction, surround yourself with people who through the delivering work of Jesus have beat their addiction, listen to what God has done, a miracle in their life. 
If you're here today and you, you don't have the, the clarity of Jesus for your children and maybe your kiddos have grown up and they've made their own foolish decisions, they've run away from Jesus, they've walked away from the church, you need to surround yourself with other people who their prodigal children have come home and they can tell you about the miracle that Jesus has done in their life. You need to surround yourself with other people and listen to their stories and position yourself in a place to like blind Bartimaeus, you heard that was Jesus from Nazareth. And you need to begin thinking, if he can do it for them, then he can do it for me. If he can do it in their life, he can do it in my life. If he can do it for them, he can do it for me. This is Jesus. I have heard about him. Friends, can I just tell you that this is why it's so important for you to be in church to be in church every week that it is possible for you to be at church, you need to be at church because you hear. The Bible says faith comes by hearing the word of God. You need to have faith. You need to listen to be in church so you can hear the word of God. This is why it's so important for you to be at First Wednesday prayer nights. This Wednesday, 6.30, First Wednesday prayer nights, there is literally testimonies of God working in other people's lives. You need to be here so you can listen. Even if you can't see them, you can hear about it. This is why community groups are so important for us as a church, because sometimes you can't see God, but other people, they can tell you their stories. Sometimes other people, their faith is enough for you to build your own faith. And when you don't have faith, you can borrow their faith. You need to be around some other people so you can listen. This is why being on a serve team is so important, so you can listen to the stories about what God is doing in our church, but also so you can listen to the stories of people who are walking through those doors for the very first time, and then you realize that, hey, they may be blind, and you can listen to their stories, and then you can encourage them. You need to put yourself in a position where you can learn to listen. As a church, we need to have this understanding that blind Bartimaeus has. He heard it was Jesus from Nazareth, and he believed if he can do it for them, oh, he can do it for me. What do you do when you can't see God? You listen. What is God doing in other people's lives? What is God doing in our church? What is God doing in our midst? What is God doing here? And what does God want to do? I may not be able to see him, but I'm going to listen and he heard that it was Jesus from Nazareth, which leads us to the second point. First thing is, if you can't see God, you listen. And the second thing is, if you can't see God, then you need to, you, you need to pray. Here's, here's how it goes. And they, again, Jesus, came to Jericho, verse 46, and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, and there was a great crowd. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside, verse 47, and when he heard. What's that? It's listening. Then watch this. He began to cry out. What is that? That's prayer. Prayer is when you cry out to God. Prayer is when you call out to God. He began to cry out. Here's the prayer of a blind man. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him, be silenced. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. First thing is to listen. Second thing is to pray. Now, as Christians, we know we're supposed to pray. Amen? Yes. 
and we're supposed to pray. I've never preached a sermon where I was encouraging people to pray, and in the lobby, someone said, Pastor Byron, that sermon on prayer, I had no clue that we're supposed to pray. Did you know that? Did you know that Christians are supposed to pray? I didn't know Christians were supposed to pray. Did you know that? I did not. <sighs> prayer. Wish I would have thought about that. Nobody has ever done that. See, as Christians, we all know we're supposed to pray, but here's what I discovered, is that we don't pray like we're supposed to pray. Amen? Now, we, we do pray, and we would all say, oh, yeah, of course I pray. And we pray all different types of prayers. There are different types of prayers. Maybe you pray in the morning, and you pray the Lord's Prayer. You say, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the Lord's Prayer. In fact, Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this, our Father who is in heaven. That is a great prayer. Or maybe you pray when you're tucking your kiddos in bed and you tuck them in, you say, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. It's a good prayer. It teaches your children how to pray. And there are different types of, of prayers. Maybe you pray before you go eat lunch. Okay, I, I pray before I eat lunch. Maybe you pray like this, rub-a-dub-dub, -dub, time for some grub. <laughs> you ever pray like that? Okay, here's my favorite one. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, who eats the fastest, eats the most. Amen, amen. The Lord answers that prayer in my life every single day. Praise him. We pray all different types of prayers. And there are different types of prayers that we should pray. Some people, they pray very religious. They think they have to pray in the King James English. Like God is stuck in the 1600s. He's like, Heavenly Father, I beseecheth thee on behalf of my brethren, thee, thou, and thine. I don't think you really need to pray like that. And some people, they get really theological when they pray, right? And they pray like this. They say, God of the eschaton, who is going to return and bring about the renewal of all things in the intertestamental period of the ontological subordinationism within the Trinity, I come to you, Lord. Right? God's not impressed by those big fancy words. You know, to be honest, there are different times for us to pray different types of prayer. Like, there are times where we come to God and we need to be reverent because God is holy. And you are approaching a holy God. So there is some times where you need to be reverent of God. There are times where we need to be silent before the Lord. It's where we turn off the phone and we eliminate the distractions and we sit in silence, meditating on his word and basking in his glory. There are times for that. But when you're blind, that's not the time. When you're blind, you need to learn how to pray like a blind man. Have you ever prayed like a blind man? Here's the prayer of a blind man. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You ever pray like that? Maybe the reason you're blind is because you haven't learned how to pray like a blind man. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, I can't see. Jesus, I'm blind. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, come through for me. Jesus, have mercy on me. I'm blind. Have you ever prayed like a blind man? See, a lot of people, they don't pray like blind men. A lot of people, actually, if we're honest with ourselves, 
we kind of treat prayer more like the crowd. Do you notice what the crowd said? Shh, be quiet. Be silent. God doesn't answer your prayers. See, he called out twice. After he called out the first time, the crowd said, see, God's not going to answer your prayer. Just be quiet. Shh, you're bothering us. Shh, you look ridiculous. What are you doing, praying? God don't hear you. God's not answering your prayers. If he wanted to answer your prayer, he would have answered it the first time. Just quit. Just give up. Just stop praying. Shh, be silent. See, that's the way a lot of us think prayer works. Well, God didn't answer my prayer. Guess it doesn't work. You know, prayer just doesn't really work. I mean, I tried praying and nothing really happened. And, you know, your pastor keeps telling me that I'm supposed to pray. And when I pray, nothing happens. And, you know, I know somebody who they prayed and, well, it didn't happen. And my Aunt Ethel, she came forward for prayer to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost and she didn't get it. And I don't know, maybe I'm not going to get it. And I know one person, they prayed and they believed for healing. And, well, they didn't get healed and now they're dead. And so, I mean, I just don't know. Maybe prayer doesn't work. And maybe God doesn't hear my prayers. Maybe God doesn't want to answer my prayers. And so we view prayer a lot like the crowd. And that's the reason why many of us can't see. It's because we haven't learned how to pray like a blind man. What does the blind man do? When the crowd says, shh, be quiet, Bartimaeus, he gets louder. Bartimaeus, he doesn't give up. He doesn't get quiet. Bartimaeus, he gets loud. He says, Jesus, son of David, he cried out all of the more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I'm not going to get quiet. I'm going to get loud because blind men understand that even when you can't see him, he hears you. When you can't see him, you got to know that God, he can hear you. I wholeheartedly believe with every bone in my body that God answers every single prayer that we pray. You say, no, he don't. Yeah, he does. He might not answer the way you want him to answer, but he answers every single prayer that you pray. Okay, for those of you who are parents, you got to understand this. God is a father. Do your kids ask things of you? You're like, yes. Is it annoying? A little bit. But as a parent, myself, I know that there are three answers that I always give my daughters. I say yes, I say no, and I say not yet. Hey, parents, you got to understand this. Your kids ask for everything. My daughter, she's like, daddy, 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 daddy. Daddy, can we do this? Daddy, can we do that? Daddy, give me this. Daddy, can we do this? Daddy, can we do that? Daddy, can we do this? I'm like, ah, what do you want? You laugh because you know it's true, parents. My, My daughter, Ruth, when she cries out, I know what she wants. I can't give her what she wants. <laughs> Only mama got that, right? <laughs> She's three months old. Say, mama's going to have to answer that prayer. <laughs> but I have different answers to prayers. Yes, no, and not yet, right? Okay, Ruthie, she gets no. She goes, mama, come here. That's you. But my daughter Esther, the other day, she asked me, she said, She's, she, she got a new tricycle, okay? And I just got a new bicycle, and we started riding our bikes. And um, it was, she loves it. And it was like 5.30 in the morning and she snuck into our bedroom and my alarm goes off and I roll over. Hi, daddy. (laughs) Our daughter, the ninja, the sleep assassin sneaks in there and she says, can I ride my bike now? I'm like, it is 5.30 in the morning, girl. 
I mean, I hadn't had my coffee yet. Like, she's still in her PJs. There's like frost on the ground. It was one of those early cold mornings where the windshields were all frozen and frosted, and Ashley's answering Ruthie's prayer, and I'm like, okay. And, and she says, Daddy, can I go ride my tricycle? What do you think my answer was? It's not yet. See, a lot of you are saying no when God's really saying not yet. A lot of you hear what God doesn't say and you think it's a no when it's really a not yet. See, Jesus didn't answer him the first time, not because he wasn't going to heal him, but it was just not yet. See, the crowd, they heard no. Many of you, when you pray, you hear no. Why are you saying no for God? God didn't say no. Jesus didn't say no. He didn't say anything, which is an invitation for you to keep praying. If God didn't tell you no, you have an invitation for a yes. Every not yet is a yes waiting to happen. You got to keep praying. You got to get loud. Don't get quiet. Blind men don't pray quiet prayers. Blind men pray loud prayers. Jesus, son of David. Jesus, son of David. Be quiet. I'm not going to get quiet. I'm going to get mine because I know that even when I can't see him, you better believe he will hear from me. Jesus, Son of David, Jesus, son of David. Did you get your miracle yet? Then you keep praying. Then you keep praying. How long do I pray? Pray until you get it. You just keep praying. Blind men, they don't give up. They get loud. They keep praying, and they keep praying, and they keep praying, and they keep praying. Can you see? No? Then keep praying. Have you been healed yet? No? Then you keep praying. Did you get your miracle? No? Then you keep praying. Did God say no? No, that's not yet. I'm going to keep praying until I get my yes. And you keep praying, and you keep praying, and you keep praying, and you keep praying. Jesus, son of David, I can't see you, but you will hear me. Have you ever prayed like a blind prayer? Have you ever prayed like a blind man? See, some of us, we can't see because we give up too easy. You give up way too easy. You pray a prayer and then you walk away. That's not what Bartimaeus does. He gets his healing because he prays. Bartimaeus knows when you can't see God, you can hear him and he will hear you. So first thing you do is this. You listen the second thing is, you pray. Well, Bartimaeus says there's one more thing that's very important that you need to do. When you can't see God, not only do you listen, not only do you pray, but number three, you got to obey. You got to do what he says. You listen, you pray, and then you do what he says. You obey. Look at verse 49. And Jesus stopped. Jesus heard his prayer. Jesus heard his prayer. If he would have stopped praying the first time, Maybe Jesus would have walked on through. But he kept praying, he kept praying, he kept praying, he got loud, and Jesus stopped. Do you pray in such a way that heaven pays attention? Do you pray in a way that makes Jesus stop? Do you pray in a way of faith to where heaven notices? He prayed, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, and Jesus stopped. He said, call him. And so they called the blind man, and they began bringing him to him, saying, take heart, get up. He is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up, and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately, Mark's 
favorite word, 42 times, recovered his sight and followed him along the way. Now, this is the last miracle that Jesus ever performs in the gospel of Mark. He is leaving Jericho. He is heading into Jerusalem. But Bartimaeus, he doesn't know that. Bartimaeus, he doesn't know that this is his only opportunity. All he knows is this is his last chance. This is the last chance. This is his shot. This is his moment. Jesus is leaving, and I need to get to him. And then Jesus calls him. He listened, he prayed, and then Jesus called him. Now, Bartimaeus, he has to make a big decision. Jesus is calling me. What am I going to do? Bartimaeus has to decide, will he stay or will he obey? See, if you can't see God, you have to make a decision. Will you stay or will you obey? Bartimaeus, he could have stayed. He could have said, no, Jesus, you come to me. And Jesus does it. Jesus calls him, says, hey, come here. But this is hard for Bartimaeus to, to obey Jesus because Jesus called him. You say, well, that doesn't sound hard. Jesus called him. Remember, he's blind. Isn't that kind of cruel for Jesus to say to a blind man, hey, blind guy, come here. It's a little cruel, isn't it? I mean, just think about it. It's a busy city, Jericho, Passover season. The crowds are everywhere. They're already criticizing him and ridiculing. They're not probably going to help him. And then Jesus says, oh, hey, you can't see? Come here. I mean, it's, it's a little cruel for Jesus to do that because Jesus asks us to do hard things all the time. For Bartimaeus, this was hard, and he had to make a choice. Is he going to stay, or is he going to obey? Is he going to do the hard thing, or is he going to actually let Jesus just walk on by and miss his miracle? See, if he stayed, he misses the miracle. If he obeys, he gets the miracle. If he stays, he doesn't get his healing. If he obeys, he'll be healed. If he stays, no blessing. If he obeys, he will be blessed. He has to make a decision. You have to make a decision. If you can't see God, you have to choose. Will I stay or will I obey? But you know what I've discovered? Is that a lot of people are blind because they actually want to be blind. A lot of people are okay with not being able to see. A lot of people are the way they are because they stay the way they are. Some people don't want to see. Some people don't actually want to change. Some people aren't sick and tired of being sick and tired. Some people actually like being blind. I mean, Bartimaeus, he could have said to Jesus, no, Jesus, that's too far. You come to me. Jesus, that's too hard. You, no, Jesus, you come to me. Okay, I'm blind. Hey, Jesus, if I get up, I might lose my beggar spot. I like my beggar spot. I've been here for years. I actually make some pretty good money on the street corner, making some change, begging. Like, I'm blind Bartimaeus. It's in my name, Bartimaeus the beggar. That's me. Some people, your blindness has become your identity. Your sickness has become who you are. You have identified yourself with your blindness, and you're comfortable in your blindness because it's your spot. It talks about him wearing the cloak. Oh, this is a comfortable cloak. The cloak is a symbol of his shame. Some people are comfortable in their shame. Some people don't want to change. Some people don't want to see because, well, they're comfortable in it. It's gotten, they're pretty used to being on the street corner. They're pretty used to being blind. They're pretty used to being a beggar. And so, sure, they want to change, but they don't actually want to do anything about it. They don't want to change enough. And some people actually like, they like being blind. 
because it brings them attention, gets them some awareness. It's become who they are. And some people are the way they are because they choose to stay exactly where they are. Let me ask you a question. Are you tired of being blind? Like, are you tired of not knowing who God is or not knowing where God is at or to not know what God is doing? Are you tired of not being able to see? Then if you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, and if you are sick and tired of being blind, if you are sick and tired of not being able to see, then you would do something about it. Bartimaeus, he, he does something about it. He says, Jesus is calling me. This is difficult and this is hard, but I'm going to take that step in obedience and I am going to follow him. I will trip, I will fall, I will stumble my way if I have to, but I'm going to do everything in my power to get to Jesus. I don't want to stay where I'm at. I want to obey what he has called me to do. Will you stay or will you obey? Listen, God has told us through his word what we need to do. But some people, they just don't want to do it. And some people, they come to church and say, Pastor, help me, I'm blind. And I say, okay, what does God's word tell us to do? So I don't want to do that. <laughs> you come in church and you say, my marriage is falling apart. What would God have for me to do? Husbands, love your wives like Jesus loves the church. Nah, I don't really want to do that. My husband is emotionally unavailable. God, help me. Wives, respect your husbands. Have you met him? No, thank you. I mean, people do this all the time. They're like, God, my finances. Oh, I don't know what to do with my finances. And God says, tithe. Oh, I got quiet on that one. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, and I will open up my blessing. Oh, yeah. Nah, I don't really feel like doing that. My kids are driving me crazy. God says, parents, do not exasperate your children. It's your fault. <laughs> Too close. God, my depression is back. What do I do? Go see a licensed professional counselor and take your medication as prescribed. You're like, is that, is that in there? <laughs> no, but here's what the Bible does say. Rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> You're like, I can't do that. Then God says, I thought you'd say that. So again, I will say rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> but God, that's hard. I know it's hard, but it's worth it. Blind Bartimaeus would tell you this, obedience is the cure for blindness. It wasn't until he obeyed did God open up his eyes. It wasn't until he stepped out in faith that God opened up his eyes. It wasn't until he did what Jesus said to where God opened up his eyes. And if Bartimaeus was here today, he would tell you that obedience is the cure to your blindness. You got to get to a point to where you don't want to be blind anymore. You want to obey. You got to get to a point in your life to where you recognize that obedience is the cure to blindness. Listen, there are times in my life, I don't want to be here. Say, so he's a pastor. Can he say that? <laughs> there are times, sure, because I'm blind. 
But here's what I know. When I come to church, God always meets me right where I'm at. And when I don't feel like it, that's when I need it the most. When I don't want to do it, that's when I need to do it the most. When I am obedient, God cures my blindness. When you don't feel like it, that's when you need to do it. Say, I don't feel like going to church. That's definitely when you need to be there. Say, I don't feel like going to community. That's definitely when you need. God always meets me, and my obedience is the cure to my blindness. Bartimaeus would tell you, I heard about him, but it wasn't until I obeyed him that I saw him. I prayed to him, but it wasn't until I obeyed him that I saw him. And then he's face to face with Jesus, but he can't see. And so Jesus says this, what do you want? He says, God, I want to see. He says, okay, your faith has made you well. And immediately, he could see. What was the first thing Bartimaeus saw? Jesus. If you listen, if you pray, if you obey, you will see Jesus. You listen, you pray, you obey, and you will see Jesus. If you listen, If you pray and if you obey, you will see Jesus. Friends, this is the Christian life. This is what it means for us to be Christians, that we listen, that we pray, and that we obey. Say, that's it? That's it. You listen, you pray, and you obey. That's all there is. That's all there is. You listen, you pray, and you obey. Do I do anything else? No, just do this. Listen, pray, and obey. That's the Christian life. See, the author of Hebrews, he actually picks up on this, and he says it like this. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It is the conviction of things not seen. See, people always say, oh, faith is blind. You need to have blind faith. I don't think so. And we don't have blind faith, but we do need to have the faith of a blind man. To say that even though I don't see him, I'm going to listen. And even though I don't see him, I'm going to pray to him. And even though I don't see him, I will obey him. See, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Bartimaeus, he believed before he could see. Bartimaeus, he obeyed before he could see. He prayed before he could see. Bartimaeus, he listened before he could see. He had assurance, even though he couldn't see it. He had conviction, even though he couldn't see. But he didn't stay blind. Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus. And Jesus can heal you. And obedience is the cure for our blindness. Some of you are here today and you are blind. You can't see God. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. And you can't see him. I want you to know, just like blind Bartimaeus, God is calling you. Sozo, salvation or physical healing. Some of you are here today and salvation is for you. You need to run to Jesus. Say, but I don't see him. It's okay. You still need to obey him. He is calling you now. Come to Jesus. For others of you, it's spiritual. You don't know where he's at. You don't know what's going on. You need to listen, pray, and obey. Some of you, you're in a situation. You need to listen, pray, and obey. You're in a season of life. You need to listen, and pray, obey. Some of you need salvation. You need to listen, pray, and obey. And you will see him. Listen, pray, and obey. What do you need to do today? 
Some of you, you're in a place where you need to listen, that you're discouraged in life, but you've isolated yourself away from other people and you're not healing, hearing the, the testimonies of healing and grace. Surround yourself with other people so you can listen. What does that look like for you? Does that look like prayer, first Wednesday prayer? Does that look like coming to next steps today? Does that look like signing up for a community group or joining the surf team, fill out a connect card? Surround yourself so you can listen. Other people, it's, it's prayer. We have a prayer team up front. They're gonna pray for you. We had full altars of people receiving prayer after first service. Don't walk out these doors blind. Come to the front and get yours. Yeah. Get your healing. Yes. And then others of you, it's time for you to begin to obey. It's obedience through giving your life to Jesus. Some of you, you needed to obey last week in baptism. You didn't do it. So we're gonna have another baptism coming soon. So that's your obedience. It could be next steps. It could be becoming a member. It could be going home and asking your wife to forgive you or apologizing to your husband. It could be going and scheduling a meeting with a licensed Christian counselor this week. It could be any next step that you need to take. What do you need to do to obey God? Listen, pray, and obey. I told you at the beginning that Bartimaeus was the only miracle that the person's name is recorded. And you think, that's interesting. Why would that be in here? Well, actually, verse 52 tells us when it says, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and he followed him along the way. Bartimaeus may not have been able to see Jesus up until this point, but after this moment, he could see. And Mark, picking up the story, would write Bartimaeus's name because church tradition tells us that Bartimaeus actually became a pastor and elder and leader in the early church. And he might not have seen Jesus up until this point, but now he could see and everything begins to make sense. As Jesus goes in next week to Jerusalem, Bartimaeus is behind the scenes. Bartimaeus saw the triumphal entry. Bartimaeus saw the death, burial, and the resurrection. Bartimaeus saw the church being born. And a couple of years later, when Mark writes this story, he says, oh yeah, hey, by the way, Bartimaeus goes to your church. If you can't see, go ask him what you need to do, and he will tell you. You listen, you pray, and you obey. See, all of us as Christians will find ourselves in seasons to where we can't see God. Say, God, where are you? God, what are we doing? God, it is dark. You wake up and nothing makes sense. What do you do when you can't see God? You listen, you pray, and you obey. That's it? That's it. You listen, you pray, and you obey. We know this because Jesus heals blind Bartimaeus. And I believe that Jesus can heal you as well. Well, thanks again for tuning in with us here at Redemption Church. If this message was helpful to you in any way, leave a review, like, comment, or share with your friends to help others experience life change through Jesus. Oh.